0: Welcome back to American Polygons, a plot for U.S. soccer fans by a couple of U.S. soccer fans. I'm Nate. He's Joe. We are back as the U.S. men's national team has officially qualified for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And they've been drawn into Group B. Joe, how you feeling? I'm good. Did what we had to do. We qualified.
1: We're in. Now I get to sweat out the next... Uh... Eight months or seven months, whatever it is.
0: You know, we've taken some some crap from at least a couple of friends of mine that listen. Fear mongering our way to the World Cup. But the nice part is now the fear mongering can stop. We've qualified. We've gotten there. Anything can happen. Almost anything can happen. But at least we're there. So I feel like at least for me, even if we like fall flat on our face in the group stage, I mean we do have a tough group, but even if we fall flat on the group in the group stage, like that can happen in a World Cup, right? There's so much pressure, it's three matches. We're gonna have the youngest team there most likely. I mean
1: we could be Italy. <laughs> we could be
0: Italy. So
1: we're there. That's all that matters. It's it can some, some trash play and some Injuries and some suspensions and some things
0: happened, but we're there. All right. Well, let's start off by bringing in Lopstradamus hmm. for the final survival assessment. What do you got for us?
1: Survivor assessment. Yeah. Uh, well, we made the final three. I don't think we won sole survivor. Um, you know, I don't want to say we limped in. We... We made it on our own accord, but it was got a little dicey there for a little bit. I don't think our resume in the final ballot, the final vote, the final uh, tribal council would have been good enough to win it overall, but we made the final three. We gave ourselves a chance, and
0: that's all we had to do was top three, right? So we qualified. It's... We did what we had to do. Do the runners up get anything on Survivor, or is it you just you either win or you, you get
1: the a winner gets story. a million, and then the, there's usually a fan vote for the most likable player that season. Um, I don't know if they still do that. They might, but it was like a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. I don't. I don't even know if we'd be the most likable fan at this point or, fan, or player at this point. So I don't I think we sure won the money.
0: Conkycap would say no.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, we didn't win. It doesn't feel like we won. I mean, Costa Rica, <laughs> we'll talk about the Costa Rica game, but that might have been the worst 90 minutes of my life. Like, I understand what had to be done, but good Lord, that was ugly. That was hard to watch. Um, Mexico, we should have won. They were for the taking in Azteca, absolutely for the taking in Azteca. So, like I said, we're there. Did we win Soul Survivor? No.
0: Yeah, and I think that the, you know, maybe where the analogy falls a little flat is, all you have to do is get in the final three.
1: Yeah,
0: and and even I mean, I imagine that Costa Rica will qualify. I'd be shocked if they didn't qualify over New Zealand. So even heading into that last match, maybe you have to go play a match in June. But you know, for the most part, like we qualified in that game with that game in Panama by eliminating them. So. But yeah. All right, so just a quick revision of the final table. So United States joined by Canada and Mexico in qualifying the top three out of the Oct. Costa Rica going to take on New Zealand in June. That playoff match, intercontinental playoff match, will actually be held in Qatar. How are you going to say it, Joe? Qatar. Okay. okay. Qatar. We we can Peter? agree to we can agree to disagree. I'm going to say Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. I don't Qatar probably Qatar sounds about right. And then uh, obviously Panama, El Salvador, Honduras, and Jamaica are out. So a way too early look at our group stage. So obviously U.S. drawn into Group B, where we're going to face England, Iran, and then one of three European teams that still have. Uh, playoffs. Um, The interesting thing for me is that this group could get really tough in terms of on paper, where the teams are ranked. Uh, England is number five in the world. We're 14. Iran is 21. And then you've got Wales at 19th, Ukraine at 27th, and Scotland at 39th. I mean, that's a tough group, isn't it?
1: I think the order in which we play those games is going to be pretty, pretty vital and important too. Um, We need to get off to a good start, whether it's Wales, Scotland, or or Ukraine. Um, If we lose that game and we have to go play England the day after Thanksgiving without points, that's going to be rough. Um, We have to get out to a fast start against that that first one. Um, And then having uh, Iran at the end you know, that's not going to be an easy game either. They said there was no group of death, but man, our group looks tough on paper. It could be very tough on paper if it's if it's Wales in there. Um, so I think the order is, is going to be important. Um, getting out to a fast start. I, I like our chances against England, though. Everybody, I mean, England's fifth in the world. The pressure is going to be on them. There's plenty of newspaper clippings to post up on the board for for triple g to to get these guys psyched up i mean england's already talking about being in the the knockout rounds they haven't even we were seven months away and their newspaper clippings are talking about how easy this group is and this is you know perfect for them and please we're not that far off from them
0: i think you hit it in that there's going to be a ton of pressure on them and the expectation given that they just went to the final of the euros is going to be that they repeat that. And, you know, are they, should they be favorites in our group? Yeah. For a reason. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, looking at those, you can't say that Wales, Scotland or Ukraine is going to come in and say, Oh, we can't compete. Right. There's no, there's no team in this group. That's going to just be happy to be there. And, and, you know, look for a draw. Everybody's going to be going out trying to win games. I agree. The fact that we play England in the middle is useful. It's not going to be a repeat of, say, '98, where you had to play Germany in the first round. Um, you know, where you just get off and you're you've got a really tough game right off the bat. I think that there, you know, we can get off against any of those three teams are beatable Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of who comes out. But, um, you know, obviously as we get closer, we have a roster we'll, we'll break all this stuff down. Um, And and I think so obviously it's hard to show receipts, but I just want to say I got pretty close to calling this group before the, the draw, the day of the draw, I called England and Iran and I I had thought Ghana,
1: and they were which, sitting there too.
0: They were there. Which actually I think would be preferable at this point to Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. But
1: No, I texted you right away when it went England and Iran and said, well, Zelstradamus is going now. So um
0: yeah, it was a good call. I uh I appreciated that. So lots lots of good content to come as we count down to Qatar. But let's go back in time to this last qualifying window. It was certainly not pretty. Was certainly not uh, a qualifying window to hang, hang your hat on, but at the end of the day, we got the job done. We are headed to Qatar. So, what are your what are your three takeaways from this last window?
1: Yeah, I um, talked about a couple of these things, hit on a couple of these things right away. But Mexico was absolutely for the taking. I mean, we I thought we played well enough to win that game. We had a couple opportunities. Um, I think if we're 100% roster-wise, I think we beat them 3-0. I think we're a better team at this point. Azteca just has the ghost of Azteca there, and it maybe psychs us out. Um, Maybe not so much anymore. We've had a little bit more success there. Um, But the Mexico game was was okay. Um, Kept the pressure on the Panama game, and Panama was fun to watch. Panama made me feel good to be an American soccer fan. We went out. The crowd was intense. There was a moment like the – 17th, 16th minute, we were still trying to get ourselves into the game. Panama was too. And we high pressed and took the ball back on a great press and the crowd erupted. And that's the stuff that we need. That's get the energy and the the juices flowing. And I I think we went from there. VAR also played a a, a key role. Um, I think the first one was a hundred percent, whether it was, as harsh as it looked, it still looked like he stiff-armed him in the face. Um, so I know there were some some questions of if that should have been a penalty, and I was 100, I, I, 100% I thought that was going to be a penalty, um, and, and so did Walker. I mean, he held on to the ball, making sure that they checked it long enough. And then, um, yeah, 5-1 Panama, it was, it was good. Um, Costa Rica – I mean I understand what the job was but it just left a sour taste in my mouth just it was hard to watch um we played to just go through the motions and I I don't think you should ever play a game just to go through the motions you know what if we get caught being aggressive and we go down to nothing maybe we park the bus a little bit then we back off um, but to just play like we played was just it was hard to watch so Left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth to qualify like that, but hey, we're in, baby.
0: That's true. We're in. End of the day. Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, playing the A team going down to Mexico, trying to get all three points was huge. Obviously missing Weston, uh hurts, you know, Kelen Acosta had a had a decent game, but didn't do anything super special, you know, Weston, especially with how open that game got. Uh, would have had some runs. I would have loved to have seen Gio come on right at the beginning of the second half and just bang one that that hurt. Actually, that was the that was the Panama game. You know, Gio coming on in that game, he goes on that massive run. Would have been great to see him, you know, pull that off, whether it be via an assist or, or a goal. Uh, but just that sort of a run, you don't. That's what. We're used to seeing from Mexican teams end up in goals, not Americans doing to Mexico at altitude in Azteca. So, you know, I thought that we had the two clear-cut chances, one in the first half, one in the second half, that that go lacking. It's like, you know, we, at a certain point, you just have to bang something home. You've got to be able to to finish in those situations. Uh, Pulisic, you know, is going to, um, you know, for sure say that he should have scored that. Uh, the first half, I don't think it's a sitter, but it's nine times out of 10. That's going to be a goal. Um, and I think it's unfortunate we didn't get it, you know, and then I just think that, you know, we're going to go as Pulisic goes. He played with fire the entire three game window. And even in Costa Rica on tired legs, a lot of those guys had super tired legs. Um, Which begs a number of questions, but I think that, you know, he, he showed up big when we needed him to, even though he, you know, maybe misses the opportunity in Mexico. But, um, I think that, that Pulisic showing up as he did is a great sign of things to come. You know, he's obviously a world-class player. Weston's a world-class player. Those two guys are going to be huge if we're going to, um, you know, make a splash in this group. and then you know, finally is just the importance of squad depth that we've got to have the ability to rotate guys in a three game window, especially given that you're going to play, uh, what is it? Three, the three games are going to be played over eight days. So you're essentially playing the qualifier window that you've been playing, but then you're going to go into knockout rounds right after that. Uh, the whole tournament is in 28 days. So I think that's, if you make the final, then you're playing eight in 28 days, which is less than once every four days. And it's going to be a little, be a little hot first. there too. Yeah. It's going to be a little warm. A little bit. So we're going to have, you know, and, and you know, we'll talk about, you know, what the squad should look like, but you, I think Burhalter's next task has to be establishing. It doesn't have to be like for like, but it has to be, Capable backups at every position. You can't like we're not going to be able to go to Qatar with three fullbacks or with four wingers, right? They're going to have to have multiple guys at every position, and the fact that they've got some guys that can play multiple spots. You know, a Kellen Acosta can play anywhere in the midfield. A don who hasn't really played that much can slot out on the so- on the in the wide areas. They're good. Like if anybody who makes the roster, Berhalter has to be able to say, this guy will start in any given match. Because I don't know that you can go through the tournament just trying to rely on the same 13, 14 guys. And I think that we've proven that we have some squad depth. I also think that Berhalter has shown that he doesn't quite use it in the most effective ways. All right. So what was your biggest surprise of the round? A bit of a reach here, maybe. I'm
1: actually going to add that to my surprise. I'm going to say two. I thought Shaq Moore played great. I honestly think he played great up up that sideline. He defended well, um, made good runs, made some good crosses. Um, I thought Shaq Moore was a a nice surprise because there was a lot of bit crabbing about uh, Joe Scalley not being on the, on the roster and, Shaq Moore being the one that was there because of experience. And I thought he showed himself well. I was also surprised that Christian Roldan didn't get any minutes. Is that right? He didn't get any minutes, right? Yeah. He didn't touch the field. And he's in great form. And he's he is one of the MLS players that I feel like when he gets on the field, shows that he should be there. Darlington Nagby was another one that I feel like just didn't ever got a great look. But he usually looked the part when he was on the field. Roldan looks the part. Some of these guys from MLS get on the field in these big, big games, and they just, you know, Zardis comes to mind. Um, um, trying to think of some others right now. Paul Ariel has got a pretty bad rap for a while there. He scored, but um, overall, I don't think his performances have been the best. Um, but Roldan, and the few chances he ha- has had, 100% motor, 100% effort, 100% um, awareness. um you know, I would have liked to have seen him get in a little bit. So I was surprised at that.
0: Yeah. I really liked uh, Shaq more as well. Um, But I think my biggest surprise is, and we had, I had kind of called this, you know, uh, when we did our preview episode, Zelsa dramas, dramas again, VAR showing up when we needed it. Hmm. Um, And then, you know, the other thing I think uh, was feeling more confident just personally than I should have was kind of like, ah, we'll get there. Like that was, and maybe it was just some level of wanting to be psychologically just disconnected from it, like disassociating from that feeling of like, I I just wasn't, I was like, "Eh, yep, it's going to happen. And I, and I feel like the team actually played that way in that they just went and took care of business. It wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. Is there more to expect? Yes. And I think that they also showed that they can come up big when they have to. That the game against Panama, their backs were against the wall. If they don't get a result, then that, you know, we're talking about way different things right now. But the fact that they came out and I thought they were flat in the first 10 minutes, I thought Panama came out with some pressure and then there was the the tackle on Shaq Moore that wasn't called and we came to life and it was within a couple of minutes that we got the PK and then it was just on, you know, there was the, the one moment that Panama could have equalized, but all of a sudden then it's three, nothing. And it's like, all right, we're cruising.
1: Yeah. We scored that goal. Um, once we got the penalty and the, the PK and scored that goal, it seemed to relax everybody a little bit too. Um, you could kind of see it on the field that, Loosened everybody up a little bit. A little less stress. Um, and then we went from there. So, but yeah, VAR came into play. VAR will come into play again. Don't worry. One way or the other. VAR is going to be there. Lurking. Looking over our shoulder. Waiting to help us or hurt
0: us. I think though, too, the fact that you know it's going to be essentially the same for everybody. You know the fact that we've seen VAR at a World Cup, we've seen VAR at major tournaments. It's being, it's the implementation. I think will be will be there. Whereas I feel like CONCACAF, the first half of qualifying, not having it, it's kind of like, okay, do we use it? Do we not use it? How much are we using it? You know, th- I agree. the The penalty. Um, against Godoy both of them were about as clear as you're going to get, and and there were arguments to be had for like a double foul on the first one, because not only does he kind of forearm Zimmerman in the face slash just haul him down, he also handles the ball, and so there's you know there's set you know there's a double a double whammy there. So, but I think going to Qatar, you know they're gonna. They're going to have the technology. It's going to be top of the line technology um, to be set up. You know the officials that are going to be there are obviously you know the highest level in the world. They're going to be trained on it. They've been all using it in their domestic leagues. Uh, so I I just don't think that it's going to be. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as controversial as people think obviously there's going to be controversy because it's a world cup and everything that happens is under a microscope but i i don't think you're going to have the what what was it the last world cup where there was like the end of a match and there was a little bit of a scrum and they ended up with like four red cards do you remember that and it was like the first time that they'd used var in a world cup and it was like here's how you don't use this I think some of them should have been red card offenses, but it was like, here, we're just going to go back to VAR to look at any of the little silly things that happen in those scrims. And I think that we've sort of moved past that sort of... It's not a novelty anymore, I think is the best way to put it, right? It's it's being used. People understand how to use it. You can argue about if it's used, if the you know lines that are drawn in the prem are the most effective way to do it or whatever. But I think overall it works pretty well as intended and yes. it certainly cleans up a lot of the things that would have gotten missed previously that everybody will see is obvious it gets cleaned up, gets caught. it's like, okay, that's what it's there for. You know, before we go to, to our next topic, I just want to like circle back to this. Like, what do you want to see out of the summer internationals? Like hopefully we get some friendlies against Either teams that aren't in our group that are going to the World Cup, or some European teams. I think actually, if Scotland don't make it, like playing Scotland would be a great shout. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing Italy, uh, even given their situation. I wouldn't mind playing um, like a Colombia uh, who didn't who didn't get in, but obviously is going to have a quality quality lineup to field for friendly, what, what do you want to see out of kind of us soccer in terms of what they schedule for the summer?
1: Yeah. I want it to be competitive. I want it to be, I want them to, you know, have a little something to them, not just be friendly, quote unquote, friendlies, make sure that uh, obviously we're staying healthy. Um, but yeah, we need to be making sure that we're playing against some, some competition that is, Gonna put forth an effort and give us a good look and have us prepared. I think that's going to be important. Um, how much will Italy care at that point? I don't know. I mean, it depends what what you get from Italy. I guess um, some of those guys are they know they're never going to play a uh, World Cup game again. So you're going to get a young Italy team trying to prove themselves. You're going to get the I'm trying to think of their names right now. But uh, there's two center backs, goalie. I think is. Uh, maybe not the goalie, but the two center backs um, won't play a World Cup again. I'm sure. What what team do you face there? Um, but yeah, we need to make sure that it's competitive for sure.
0: And I think too to have this combination. I mean, if Roldan is going to get minutes over the summer, I don't think he should be in the squad. Like if you're if you, again to what I said earlier, you can't take guys that aren't going to play and. Where does Reyna ultimately line up? Where does where does Burhalter decide to go in terms of a striker? Uh, it sounds like Daryl DK uh, has been ruled out for the rest of this season, uh, so you know he would have to have just a fire start to the fall to make the roster. But you know, I think that there's, I would say there's an argument to be made for bringing maybe one striker. Um, Although I think he probably should bring two. But if you're, if you have any sort of confidence of playing Pulisic as a nine, I think that you bring one striker. And to be honest right now, I think you bring Ferreira. I think he's, I think he's the guy that's looked the best of any of the guys that have been out there recently.
1: Oh, we have seven, we have seven months. I mean, We've been playing, you know, Pepe was hot there and he helped us. Um, you're going to have to play the hot hand for sure, I think, at that point. So whoever our friendlies are in probably September, October, whoever's playing well in their club club team, that's who we got to look at. Uh, if Sergeant starts to figure it out, I wouldn't leave him off quite yet. Um, he's got to get it going. But, yeah, there's, there's a few out there that uh, I think it, uh, you're going to take two, I think. You're gonna take two, and that's for the reason. If we fall down to England one nothing in the 70th minute, I want us to change our tactics, and I want us to put two strikers up top. Um, you're gonna to want, you're gonna want two at least two. But
0: I also think the interesting thing to look at is: Do you does Berhalter continue to make early second half subs for wings? Does he bring a guy like Ariola? who can create some chaos and bring some energy, start him, run him for 60 minutes, and then bring in somebody who, like a Aronson or a Wea, uh, or a Gio Reyna who can really impact the game. I also think of Gio Reyna's fully fit and healthy, which he wasn't for this window, that he's got to be starting opposite Pulisic. He's got to be starting somewhere. He just brings that extra quality. Impact player of the round. Who you got...
1: Walker Zimmerman's kind of a stud back there, huh? That guy's got it figured out back there. He's he's a wall in front of whoever our goalkeeper is. He's playing very he, very well. He's a
0: beast for sure. Um,
1: I'd say he's our impact player. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's a great shout. Um, it's been it's been interesting to see how well he's adapted to the speed of play. You know, I obviously he's shown that he can you know win. Aerial duels left and right in MLS, but playing against teams that aren't as direct as MLS teams to show that he's got the capabilities to do more than just dominate the air. But yeah, he's absolutely dominant in the air. It'll be interesting to see how he does going up against um, you know, an England or Iran or or whoever they get. Like, will he how will he do against a Gareth Bale, if we're playing Wales, uh, that's going to be the next challenge. So, you know, again, trying to get games against high quality opponents this summer is going to be huge. Um, so, but mine, mine is Gio is the super sub and just what he brings because he brings something that nobody else really can. And you look at the ball that he slotted to Luca De La Torre, 35 yard, no look, just dime that should have set up a goal. Um, the run against Mexico, the fact that he comes in, makes the great run in behind, you know, drags the shot. But, you know, if he's full in form, that's a goal on his essentially his first touch against Panama in the second half. So just the fact that he can bring so much and that he asserts himself into the game in a way that, you know, he's not as... He's flashy in a different way from Pulisic, but he definitely has that fire. And just that, you know, he and a number of these other guys that are so young just have so much fire that they're bringing to the game and bringing to the lineup, I think, uh, is going to make whatever happens is going to make this World Cup fun to watch. Because I don't think this team is going to be out of games ever. Even if they go down, they're not going to be out. Um, Whereas teams in the past... You know, once the US conceded to Belgium, for example, right, that game was pretty much done at that point because we didn't have anything going forward. You know, similar to the game against Germany, the last group stage game, right? So you you know, it's defend, 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 and then hope you can can nick something. I just think we can be dangerous going forward. We can we can take the game to teams, and they're going to be you know t- any team in our group or in the tournament that doesn't account for that uh is setting themselves up to have a couple goals get put past him, which is fun to that's as a US fan we haven't been in that place before and then uh you know I think we're probably going to agree on this MVP of the round hands down Christian Pulisic three goals you know again uh just mixing it up in in every Every kind of stat of the game. Uh, I loved the sideline kind of scrum right before halftime in the Panama game when the ball came flying at De La Torre and Pulisic went flying at the Panama bench. And it's like, we're up 4 nothing. What are you doing? But, you know, that's that's what we need. I think that's what we need from a leader. And and I liked that Burhalter rotated the armband through these games because I, it's clear that there's multiple team leaders, and as I said before, we go as Polisic goes. He's huge.
1: Yeah, with this young core, it's they all kind of want to be leaders. Adams, McKinney, Pulisic, Um, They all kind of you all kind of you see bits and pieces of it. What I enjoyed this time from Polisic though. Is there was an intensity of focus and just a downright hatred of the guys we were playing. Um, you know, he took some tough fouls, and instead of getting up and sulking and crabbing and kind of limping, and he like shrugged that off and just it made him go harder. And that's what I've been waiting for. He looked the part of Captain America this time. Like sometimes he has glimpses of it over the summer. He had glimpses of it, the Mexico game 3 2. That's when I saw Captain America, Polisic. I feel like we don't see it every time. I'm hoping this little group of three games here was the, the turning point where Polisic said, "Okay, I'll bear the weight of this country right now, and this it's my duty, it's my job, and I'm I'm gonna do it because I have to." And he absolutely, you know, looked tough as nails this time, and I loved it, loved every minute of it. Um, so yeah, Polisic is.
0: MVP, baby. And I think that's a great point that you make in terms of his intensity and that attitude. We need more of that. Like, I think that's what got us through this round is that we sort of had the attitude that we were going to. It was like we played like we were already qualified, right? Like we we played as though it was in the bag. We we played as though we, you know, it was a foregone conclusion. And I think that made a huge difference. I think that, you know, overall was there, you know, should the squad have been rotated against Costa Rica, especially given what they did with their squad, you know, in hindsight, yes. Do you want to go down there and try and get points? So you put out a strong lineup? Yes. But like, again, this has got to be information for Burhalter. These guys get tired. They put in like the World Cup is going to be three intense games in eight days you're going to have to give guys the opportunity to rest, which means you're going to have to have guys that you can trust to be there and step in and fill in. So you're going to have to have, you know, two squads of capable guys. And I think that you're then going to have, you know, the the competitive firepower, hopefully in training, that it's going to improve the, the entire group. And that by having, you know, I don't know how much time they're going to have for training. I don't know when the, The club seasons are going to pause. Um, Usually get, you know, two, three weeks together training before the World Cup starts if they're going to get that much. Uh, But, you know, I think that makes a difference. But also, you know, having these guys training at high levels at their clubs, you know, obviously haven't missed much of a beat coming in um, into these qualifiers. So, but yeah, I just want to say uh, we are going to you know, find some ways to keep, uh, keep giving you all some some content here in the upcoming months. But you know, I just want to say, Joe, it's been uh, super fun to go through the qualifiers, chat about them with you. So, thanks for popping the idea for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Let's, let's keep it going, man. Maybe we're maybe we're good luck. We must be good luck. This must be it. Yeah, this is why we. Yeah, could be. I mean, be. no reason to say it isn't. There's no reason until you have evidence. That's right.
1: So yeah, gonna... no. I uh, appreciate it, and to our listeners, um, appreciate you as well. Shoot us an email. Let us know. Give us some feedback. I'm looking for some feedback. Something different or criticisms. I'm good with constructive criticisms. Just don't write you suck. Something constructive, do, you know. Do more than troll. I try to say less ums. I know that. I've been working on that after the first one or two episodes. I said too many ums. I still say it. I still catch myself. But
0: I'm working on it. It's like in middle school when they would count. Did you ever do that in middle school?
1: The ums? Yeah. No, I had a I had a teacher that rung a, rang a bell every time you said like. He had a bell on his That's desk. He heard a student say like. He rang the bell.
0: That's funny. Yeah. Probably can't do that anymore. I think you'd get in trouble. But maybe not. Who knows?
1: Well, let's. Uh, we got seven months. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Let's hit this again in like two, two months. Let's say six weeks, eight weeks. We'll find some topics. Talk it up a little bit.
0: For sure, we will come back once our group B is finalized. Uh, but we'll do some, you know, some previews, previews galore as we head towards uh, November and. World Cup Qatar twenty twenty two. So uh, again, yeah, reach out to us, USA Podligans on Twitter, AmericanPodligans at gmail dot com. If you want to email us, he's Joe. I am Nate. Thanks for listening. Till next time.